0: Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here with Alyssa Tollefson from The Hive, and Alyssa, you run your own web design company as well.
1: Yes, I do. Hi.
0: Hey, good to have you here. Tell me a little bit about what you do and what a day in the life looks like for you.
1: Yeah, so I have the two businesses. Um, The Hive is a women's clothing boutique in Wisconsin. And I have a brick and mortar and e-commerce site for that. Um, And from there, I started my web design and consulting agency for other boutique owners, um, really any inventory based business, but on the day-to-day i am running the in-store operations of my boutique so i'm the one who is the cashier i don't have any employees anymore i had some for a while but it's all me now i was able to quit my full-time job so um i'm here every single day and i'm doing the inventory buying marketing all that good stuff customer service obviously um i made the website of course because i do have that web design agency as well so i'm also when you know, I have some downtime in here, I'm talking to other boutique owners, I'm answering questions. Um, I focus on Square Point of Sale and Square Online. So I am a Square Online certified web designer. Um, so basically any of the boutiques or inventory based businesses that use Square Point of Sale to process payments and track their inventory, they can have a fully integrated website. There was a gap in the market for that need. Um, all the Shopify users, they were covered, Square users, not so much. So I hopped in there. Um and yeah, I just I am able to help other boutique owners, um, even the ones who you would consider my competitors, I suppose, down the street, who use square point of sale. Um, but I think that helps all of us when people are able to shop from more than one person in the area. So I have no problem helping my competitors in the space and just a very busy, busy person.
0: That sounds so interesting. And I love the design that you have on the Hive website. It's the HiveCV.com for anybody who's checking this out. And um, tell me a little bit about how you how you started all of this, because, you know, it's it's so interesting. People love origin stories and how, you know, somebody who's resourceful and has an idea goes from zero to one.
1: So mine is a very, very strange startup story. Um, In the town that I'm from, there was this was back in the fall of 2019. Um, A restaurant was for sale, but it was free. And I'm using air quotes free as long as you signed a five year lease. And me and my cousin, we were just like, oh, what could go wrong? Like, yeah, let's just own this restaurant. We've never had a restaurant experience before. We also don't have any capital to start a business, but let's sign our lives away to five years of this rent. Sure. And um, we opened February 1st of 2020 and our business plan was, um, we know we wanted events with groups of 30 plus people in our back room. We wanted catering and that would really drive the sales. Well on March 17th of 2020 all restaurants had to close down because of covid so here we found ourselves with a 5 year lease no capital no like no cash to run the business and um a restaurant <laughs> during COVID, so it was um it wasn't ideal we quickly realized like this is not going to this isn't going to work like we it was a five thousand square foot space and we sold 11 sandwiches like that math doesn't add up especially in COVID if you're not able to do the event rentals and the catering and all that good stuff so um i was just like okay what can i do how can i get out of this and i worked with the landlord to get out of my big lease. I split the suite up. I found somebody else who would want the restaurant and I turned what used to be the event space into my boutique only. Um, So that's when the Hive became a boutique instead of a restaurant. So I major pivoted there, but Um, The cost was like a lot lower than having all of these employees and the cost of the food and the waste and all the things that go into restaurant ownership. Like I have so much respect for restaurant owners now, just knowing what I went through in the six months that I had the restaurant. Um, But now I'm just a boutique only. Um, Eventually, I moved the boutique up to a different town in a smaller space. So I'm just in a 400 square foot retail space now instead of 5,000. But then I'm also doing the e-commerce online sales as well. So I'm still able to service the people who are used to doing business with me in that other city. So very, very strange startup story, but here I am. So I guess it just goes to show that um, anything is possible. Like I definitely thought I was just absolutely out of luck when COVID hit and I have this huge restaurant, but you know, I was willing to suck it up, go to my landlord and say, look, I need help. I can't do this. And she was willing to work with me at the time. Cause of course she understood like COVID was so unprecedented. Um, but it just goes to show that you got to pivot and you got to make decisions in order to keep afloat. And if that means completely changing your business plan, so be it. Um, but that anything is possible.
0: Way to go. What an amazing story. I love that. That is just so exciting. <laughs> and, you know, it's so entrepreneurial to hear you go through that experience and land on your feet the way that you have and, you know, have a great business that you've launched here, have yeah. a web design business that's, uh, that's part of what you do as well. Very cool. Great, great entrepreneurial skills there. Yeah. <laughs> I, my
1: degree is in entrepreneurship, so I guess I had that like <laughs> like up. that's what I went to school for. Sure. So I just kind of like, I understood that you have to be willing to do things that a lot of people would just not be comfortable doing. Um okay. most people would not have ever signed up for that restaurant situation. Um but if it's like something you want so badly, like I just I always wanted my own business ever since I was little. So I was like, mm, I'm gonna go for it. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. and, you know, it didn't work out, but it worked out.
0: Very cool. Now it's working out. It seems great. And then your your store looks beautiful back there. So you. and your website looks beautiful. Tell me a little bit about the design aspect of it okay. and how you, you you grab that aesthetic. Cause the, even the photos are very uh engaging and you know Thank really kind of piques your interest.
1: Yeah. Um I, again, I have a digital marketing background, so I just kind of understood what goes into a converting website in terms of, um, you know, the aesthetic and even just like the, um, the content that's on it. And I understood that when you are in your store and your customer comes in, you're able to talk to them about the product. You're able to show them. They're able to touch and feel it. And selling in stores a lot easier than if they land on your website. So knowing that um, what a lot of inventory-based business owners who are smaller like I am don't understand is that your site photography layout and branding is the same as merchandising in your store. So if your website's not merchandised to sell your products, it's not going to convert very well for you. So um, I spend a lot of time coaching other business owners on how to get good photos. Maybe you can't hire a photographer, I teach you how to do that um, on a budget, just because Having that consistency um, is the same as having a very clean, well put together in-store inventory as well. And then the other um, thing that I notice a lot with smaller inventory-based businesses is that their website isn't necessarily structured properly so that it's very intuitive for a customer to shop from you. Again, in-store, you don't hide your cash wrap from somebody. like It's very obvious where somebody is supposed to go to pay you. For some reason, it's not that easy on um, our websites where it's just like, okay, I want this top. I'm going to go to this category to find some matching pants, and then I'm going to go check out. For some reason, our sites are not structured that way, or I've I've noticed a lot of sites that are not structured that way. So I go in and I do a complete overhaul of the structure of a website. I give tips on the photography. I don't do photography or offer that. and then I also give a lot of tips on content writing, like your product descriptions. Again, how is how are you supposed to sell your product if you're not standing right in front of them to talk to them about the product? It's all in your product descriptions. Um, I also lightly go over, you know, a content strategy for um, inventory based owners and one as a retailer, we have a lot of real estate on our website with every single product to implement SEO in there. Every single product description is real estate to be doing SEO. Every single um, title of an item is real estate to be doing SEO um, that a lot of other companies. If you're service based, you don't have that many pages on your website like a serv- or a retail based business does. Um, also I always always highly recommend even if you're a boutique or you know you sell products to have a blog corresponding with it um as I'm sure you completely understand this but you as a small business owner have an expertise that Amazon and target don't have for your niche right like the reason people shop for me is because I have an extremely curated collection of items that they are going to love like they can come in and they know that they're going to love every single top here they don't have to go through pages and pages on Amazon to find one that has good reviews or anything like that. So when I go to do my content strategy, I'm able to write about the quality of my products, how to style them, all this stuff. And that shows up in search engine results. It gives me something to email my customers. It gives me something to share on social media. Um, so it's just very, for me, obvious that you should have a blog if you're a product based business, but it's not for somebody who you know, hasn't been in that space. So I also just teach people how to put a good blog post together, how to implement some SEO if you're an inventory based business. Um, and yeah, it. I feel like it just it helps their conversion rates get up to that two percent, hopefully. Um, and then I teach them how to implement a content strategy that will reach their goals. So it's all you know, people sometimes think that a content strategy doesn't apply to a product based business. And that's just simply not true. You just got to think a little bit harder about, you know, what your niche market is, what your client needs to hear from you in order to become a trusted um, source for them.
0: I love all that. You're speaking my language big time with with all that, too. So yeah very very cool um tell me a little bit about square's website platform I, I I know a little bit about it but I'd love to hear kind of like the insider view of
1: yeah other
0: websites on their platform
1: yeah um so square acquired Weebly a while ago um and now it's a fully integrated online platform with square point of sale so if I sell an item in store it automatically gets removed from my inventory online which is obviously very important because you don't want somebody to be able to go purchase that same exact item and now you're like explaining to somebody what happened to their money um so that's the biggest thing the i don't know where and i okay shopify and square are both very great point of sale systems they're both very great website systems but there's kind of this shopify or die rhetoric And a lot of web designers will say, you know, you can't design on anything except for Shopify if you're a product-based business, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I disagree with that in the, like think of how much money and time it costs to switch your point of sale system out. When you could just be using Square Online as your website platform. And if you are not a web designer, of course you don't know what to do to make your website beautiful, conversion rate optimized, all that good stuff. Um, I find Square Online to be extremely intuitive when it comes to designing. I love how clean it is. Just the simpler and cleaner your website, the more likely somebody is to convert. It just makes it so much easier for them to use. Um, I see a lot of boutiques with over designed sites, I would say, where it's just it's a little too messy. For somebody to go from point A to se- or making a purchase on your website. And Square Online, you can you can overdesign on it if you want to, but it's just very easy to implement um your brand and your aesthetic through images and leave the rest to you know white space and all that good stuff. Um I personally think that. You know, with the tools that Square Online offers in terms of the customized branding, the fonts, you can have um, customer accounts on there so your customers can remember what they bought before and all that good stuff. It's just a really, really great way to offer an omni-channel experience for your customers, especially if you do have a brick and mortar. You know, my customers can choose to pick up in-store instead of paying for shipping and they can shop online and then on their way home, pick up their order. Um, it just makes it totally seamless for me as a business owner, which is the biggest thing for me is my efficiencies and my processes and my reporting. But my customers have a great experience that way. And that's what's really important when it comes to choosing your web design platform.
0: Very cool. And and tell me a little bit about how you're growing the business online. Um, what are ways that you do that you have product feeds and you're sending that out or are you uh buying ads and and driving traffic over to your website or is it more mostly organic traffic what's your what's your
1: it's mostly organic traffic um ads do pretty well for boutiques but um i'm not a profit first professional i always have to say that but i follow the profit first cash flow method so it really depends on what the sales are allowing me to market with um but i personally like the organic strategy the best building my email list up and emailing my um, customers and clients regularly and um, i have a content strategy planner download on my website where i walk you through like okay you need your sales on your website to be ten thousand dollars a month um if you have a conversion rate of two percent let's say Now we know how many people we need to get purchasing on your website every month. And then we can look at your average visitor count to see how many people it takes to get those many orders. And now we know what our goals are. And now we know what the content strategy is going to be to get that many visitors to our website to get that many sales. But it all starts from the bottom of the funnel. you got to have a very optimized, easy to purchase from website before you start doing all of this like energy and time, marketing yourself. Um, And you could, there's a case there for the chicken and the egg kind of a thing. But once you kind of have your data established, then you can make these smarter decisions. And for me, it is Instagram, Facebook, and email strategy. Um, that's what drives traffic to my website. That's where my customers are used to hearing from me now. I think boutiques and a lot of product-based businesses, if you can implement that good content strategy with blogging, Pinterest is a really great way to get more traffic, especially if you have more of an evergreen product than the, you know, shirts that change out every month or so. Um, yeah, organic is great. And then I always recommend like nailing that down before, Spending money on ads because usually what I hear from the folks in the ad space for boutiques and stuff like that, you know, your ad spend is $5,000 a month um, in order to even like get the traffic to see the results, the return on ad spend. Um, a lot of small retailers, you don't have $5,000 a month to spend on ads yet, right? You have to build up to that. And there's no shame in bootstrapping your way up to being able to afford that.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially if, if you're kind of gambling at the early stages of an right. ad budget and you're trying to figure out what keywords are converting or what social channels are working best for you.
1: Yep, Totally
0: makes a lot of sense tell me a little bit about the production process to get products that are in your store onto your website What what is that like you know snapping photos of your products and you know getting yeah. getting them up on the website what's it
1: yeah so again um First things first is you have to choose products that, you know, your niche is going like they have to have it in their closet. Um, you can't just buy things that you like and you think would look good in your collection or anything like it has to be very strategically bought. Again, takes a little bit to learn that. But once you kind of learn that, then you. Um, what I do is every single week I sit down and I look at the cost of goods sold from the week before, and that becomes my budget for buying for this week. So then I go spend whatever last week's cost of goods sold was on new inventory. Um, I lean into my best sellers too. So for a while I was selling tops, jeans, shorts, sweaters, home decor, all like so much stuff. And, um, By far, tops sell the best for me. So now I sell tops, period, right? I don't, yeah, because I know I'm going to make money on it. I know I'm going to turn that inventory. I mean, yes, I do have like some candles and essential oils here and there for gifty items, but I focus on tops. And if you look at the homepage of thehivecv.com and you scroll down, what do you see? Different categories of the tops that I carry. And again, that took time for me to learn. That's what I coach people on is how to do that kind of stuff. But um, I spend my money on the cost of goods sold that I from last week, the inventory comes in, I sort it by style and color. I snap pictures on this door that you can see behind me. If If you were on the Zoom, you'd be able to see I have this door, it has a screw on it. And that's where I take my pictures from. It's got natural light, the background is white. But it creates this really nice, consistent background for all of my tops that come in. Um, I edit them on my phone in Lightroom app. So very, very like me doing everything. But I've just gotten the process down to such a I know how to do it that it doesn't take me very long anymore. Um, and then I upload them into my point of sale and turn them on online. And that's it.
0: Love it. Love it. And and I love the fact that you mentioned processes and efficiencies and where you can gain those efficiencies as it becomes extra time for you to do other things yep. to grow your business and you're not bogged down by these details. So process is, is key to scaling a business like that. For sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been so exciting talking talk with you, Alyssa. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Tell people who are listening here how they can find you.
1: Yeah. So the easiest way to find me is to follow me on Instagram. It's at Alyssa Tollefson. And then my website is Alyssa because you can find the Hive stuff from there, too.
0: Wonderful. Well, you are a business ninja. Thank you so much, Alyssa. Yes, thank you. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make
1: it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.